This is the making of Shoreline Mafia, the Ron Ron episode. Born and raised in Watts, California, life was hard growing up for Ron Ron. He didn't have much, but his cousin, Ace the Face, would introduce him to making beats. And in a few short years, Ron Ron's sound would come to define a new wave of music being made in L.A. I'm from Watts, California, born and raised on 99th and Central, and yeah, from Watts. What was your own life like? Shit, poor. (laughs) 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 Nigga ain't had nothing. I had shit. So shit, that's why I just started making beats, because it was like... It wasn't even, me making beats wasn't even, like, for the money. It was just, like, I wanted to learn how to make beats. So, it just, this shit just took it to a whole nother level. Do you remember what was playing in your house? Yeah, a whole lot of, whole lot of shit. A whole lot of heartbroken shit. (laughs) Fantasia tweet. uh, Erica Badu. Aaliyah. Fucking the uh, oldie shit, like Beyonce, everything. Like my mom used to listen to a lot of like singers, so I used to listen to a lot of old shit. But then me personally, I used to listen to a lot of like Young Jeezy shit, like that, like trap music, like you feel me. So yeah. Were, were you listening to anything from the West Coast? Yeah, I was listening to DPG. When they was d- dropping, they when they dropped their first little shit, I was listening to that when I was young. Me, and my my pops was listening to shit like that because he had cars and shit. So me just growing up, he slap, he got beat in his car. I'm like, damn, these beats hard. So I'm like, how they make the beat? Then that's when producer shit just came apart. So how'd you start producing? What was the first? My cousin, my cousin Ace to Face. Well, really, my cousin DK, he he gave me the program, FL Studio, and then I took it to my cousin Ace the Face. He was staying at my house. Then he was like, oh, shit, you got FL Studio. I know how to use it. And then we was just going in the whole summer, like two summers, three summers we was going in, just making beats every every day. How many beats you think you made on Fruity Loops? Like a cool 10,000. Cool 10,000. Oh, God. So were you serious at that point, or were you just... Yeah, I was serious. I always took it serious. I never took it as, like, you know, as, like, I'm playing with it. I don't... But when I graduated high school, that's when I had a job. And then that's when I realized, you know... I can't work for nobody. So that's when I really took it serious. I really was like, man, I'm going to quit this job and really take the producing serious. I got my own studio, and shit just started elevating for me. What happened for you to make that decision so early in life? I was working for a, a dump yard, bro, like straight recycling place. Me, my cousin Ace. My cousin Play, the homie Joe, and uh, uh, my cousin Danny. 
we all working at the same place. And then just me being the youngest, and I'm just like, man, this shit kind of weak. So I quit. Well, I ain't get, I ain't quit. I kind of got fired, but I was about to quit. So it was like, fuck it, cause I was, I was fixing up my car that day. So they quit. They fired me, cause I didn't come in. So yeah, then I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna just go full fledged with the producing shit after that. This was during during high school. This is like after high school. Like during high school, I'm still producing. I'm I'm asking niggas to hop on my beat in high school. You know. Niggas telling niggas get on my beat, hop on this beat, and you know just networking in high school, trying to get my name out there. But then you know when you get out of high school, you got to get some money. So that's when I was trying to get some money. I had to get a job. And, you know that shit wasn't for me. So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna just go full fledged with the producer. Was there a time when you thought like I might have to go back and get a job? Like this is not gonna pop for me. Mm, it was like a couple, like a year or two ago. Like before Shoreline dropped their shit, and before like Frosty and all that. That's when I was like, yeah, I, I probably gotta go back and get a job. But shit started going crazy for me, and then I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna just keep going. How did that feel though? Like that. that shit. Like, sometimes that shit be depressing. That shit be. You ain't got no money in your pocket. You just doing shit for free all day, you know, just trying to help niggas. But you see niggas bossing up, and you like, damn, I'm still in the same spot. But it's just like you just got to keep your head right and just, like, you know it's coming. So that's all I I just kept going. Right. So you said you were a fan of, of Jeezy. Who, who were you listening to? I wasn't a – well, I wasn't a fan of Jeezy. He, he actually, like, how, how it happened was – I'm, I was already producing for Frosty, and I was coming up, basically. So Jeezy thought I was already big. So he hit me up like, hey, how much for some beats? Then I ta- I was, like, kind of taxing him. I'm like, hey, 500 for a little EP with you, for you. That wasn't taxing, but you know, I wasn't, I ain't had shit, so I'm like, 500 for an EP. And then he like, all right, that's cool. Then I dropped a beat EP all of a sudden, and then... He heard the beats on it, and then it was Musty and Bottle Service beat. And then he rapped on it, I heard it, and then I just reposted it. And then I was like, I fuck with this shit. And then he was like, thanks, bro. And then, like, six months later, I met TK and Picasso. And then it was like, what you, what all you got and shit. And I was telling them, I uh, produced for Draco, you know, Shoreline. And then I told them about Frosty and shit. And then they told me who was Shoreline. Then I was like, I pulled them up. And then they, that's when Musty had, like, cool one million right th- right there. And then I was like, it was like, oh, shit, this shit hard. And then they was like, you got to work with him, do a, do a uh, project with him. Then that's when we locked in and made Shoreline do that shit. Was that your first, like, successful... Successful project, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say that was my first successful project to get somebody signed off of something I just produced. Yeah, that was my first successful project. Take me back to when you made that beat. What was going on? Musty, I made that beat on my mom's house, mom's house on 82nd and Avalon, 
And that's when I had a studio in there. And I, was, I had, like, a back door so people could just come through the back to my room. And I just had my door locked so nobody could go through through the house. So it was, like, a real studio. So right there, that's when I just was, like, grinding. I'm, I'm grinding, getting money, doing studio sessions. And then, I don't know, I woke up one day. I guess I made Musty. And then I'm like, I'm going to drop a beat EP. I made all the beats the same day. And then I dropped the EP. And then that's how it went. And how did you feel when you saw that it went a million? That shit was crazy because it was my first million. That shit was like. Did you feel some type of way that they took the beat? Nah, not really. Because it was like exposure at the end of the day. So I wasn't really tripping. Saw it as a, did you see it as an opportunity? Yeah, that's what I seen it as. That's why I didn't really. That's why I worked with him. Cause if, if anything, somebody else would have been like, "Yeah, hey, I need my money." You feel me? So I was just like, "Fuck it, we gonna work." What um? What producers did you like growing up? Fucking Zaytoven, <laughs> fucking Lil John, uh. Beethoven, Lil John, Dr. Dre, fucking, it's a couple of people, Manny Fresh, couple of producers I look up to, that's why I'm like so versatile, I look up to a lot of Bay producers too, like Droopy, like fucking, everybody that really make E-40 shit I look up to, cause this shit be slapping. What, what's, um, what do you like so much about them? I don't know, the bass lines and the synthesizers they be using, just different sounds they be using. It don't be your normal sounds, you feel me? So that's why I really fuck with them. So after Fruity Loops, what was the transition? Like, what did you do? I still use Fruity Loops. I never transitioned to another doll system or nothing. I still use Fruity Loops. Nothing never changed. Do you, do you ever see yourself, like, jumping on another platform or? It's the same like, people I just put back. Uh, nah, I don't. I don't see myself jumping on another platform. It's like, don't like why fix it if it's not broken. Yeah, like I see because FL, I I know the whole thing, so it's like me trying to learn another program is gonna be like I'm starting all over. So, nah, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna start using something else. Besides Shoreline, who else did you work with? Besides Shoreline, right now or Back then. Yeah, back then. Uh, Ralphie from Stink Team. That's, that was like the main person I was working with. That's who got me really on, Ralphie. And then I was working with the homies, really. And shit. Frosty. And yeah, just really working with the homies and them. When, when you made the beat, did you feel like it had potential? Like, did you, as soon as you finished it, was like, you thinking it's a hit? Bro, every beat I be making, I be like, this shit weak sometimes. I be I be trying to delete it sometimes, and then I be hearing a rapper rap on it, and then it just give me another perspective of the beat. So, yeah. How many beats have you deleted? A whole lot. Like, if you had to put a number on it? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like a cool 10,000. Yeah. 
I deleted a lot of shit. And shit got deleted too. Hard drives crash. That's when I had to get portable hard drives. Shit. Computers crash, all types of shit. What would you say makes your sound so unique? Like, what 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 is it about you specifically? Really, I feel like my sound is different because it's like a mixture between Bay trap music and like West real West Coast music. You feel me? So that's why I feel like it's a different between my shit. So if you had to name it, what would you? What would you call it? What would you call your sound? Traffic music. Why traffic music? Because you can listen to it in your car, party to it, go to school to it, go to work to it, everything. So I call it traffic music. So you make, when you're making beats, you're thinking like, how is this going to sound in the car? Mm Mm-hmm. All the time. From my bass to the sounds, everything. Really, the bass is the main thing. So uh, I'll be trying to make sure my bass is slapping so your, when your trunk rattling, you know, you feel me? That's really it. And what kind of, um, like if you had a car that, that plays the beats, like the car that has to play those beats, like what, what kind of car? I got, you got to have some beat in your shit. You got to have a cool 215s or something in your shit so I could really slap it, you feel me? Can't just have stock radio in it. Got to have the 15s in the back, 212, something. Can't just have a stock. <laughs> For real. Mm-hmm. Ain't really no dream car. No dream car? Yeah. So take me back to when these guys got signed. Like, what were you, what were you thinking? Shit, I thought we all made it. I ain't going to lie. But shit's still the same. So what's the game plan now? Like now that you have notoriety. Shit, just go crazy. That's all you can do. Just take your notoriety and just use it to your full advantage. You feel me? So that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to take my notoriety. Everybody feeling me right now. Everybody know my beats. So I'm just trying to keep going. Feel me? Try really it, it be like with producers, I feel like I'll be making the same sound. You feel me? So I'll be trying to escape from that sound, but then people be like, I want that sound that you already got when I be trying to escape from the sound. So I don't know. It's just I feel like it's just a cycle right now, being a producer. You mean in terms of just like, like genre wise, like if I wanted to make a party beat, well, people know me as for making a party type sound, ratchet type sound. But I be making trap beats, I be making everything, you feel me? So I be trying to broaden my horizons and then I feel like people be wanting me to just come back to that ratchet sound, you feel me? Right. D- describe what the ratchet sound like for people who are not from out here. A fucking party type beat is like um like mustard paved the way for that sound, and it's like a party type sound. Like, but I feel like 
me and Hitmon, our our whole shit, we elevated that whole shit, whole sound. It's a whole different like I don't know how to really explain it right now. I'm gonna come up with that one. Right. But what would be the vibe like if I was if I was playing one of your beats, where would I play it? Besides the car. Besides the car, you could play it at your house. You could play it you could play the beat while you vibing, smoking weed. Doing whatever you want to do, you could play the you could play one of my beats. I feel like you could play it anywhere. Right. For real. Do you think you're when when this is all said and done? Do you think you're gonna get the recognition, like the foundation that you're you're leaving out? Does that weigh on you at all? Yeah, I I feel like when I get to that point. Everybody gonna be like, "Oh, this who really been doing all this, all the shit, all the sound, be the sound behind everything." So when that happened, I wanna, I wanna really do more than just music. You feel me? Have my own label, really take it to another level. You feel me? Right. Be a businessman about it. Do you feel it's because the industry has a tendency of? Just kind of disposing. Really, I feel like because produce, yeah, we don't get the the shine, nothing. We don't have a really say so in the industry. You feel me? Even though we be making the whole sound, the artists do too. But I feel like we be really a real asset behind everything, and then the label really throw us behind the bus at the end of the day. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. I don't know yet. So, all right, you had a, you had some success, right? I ain't got success yet. I feel like if I had success, I'd be like where Take Keith right now. I Take Keith, um, he got the plaques. He doing his thing. That's success right there. So can we call it notoriety? Yeah, it's notoriety so right now. Notoriety. Where do you want to be in 10 years? 10 years? I want to have my own label, my own studios, own boys and girls club, have, you feel me, just branches of shit out there, my own businesses, you feel me? And really be, you feel me? A mogul out here, entrepreneur. Right. Right. What, what would you, what would you tell yourself? Like, if, if now no, seeing what happened, what would you tell yourself? You know, two years ago. Two years ago, right now, I tell myself, man, how am I being mind straight, really? If I would have had my shit straight two years ago, I'd have been eating. <laughs> really, that's what it is. Just really get your publishing shit right. Have all that shit right. When you got that shit right, you be straight. What do you need to create a beat? Like what? What's? Like, I need a blunt. I need. You feel me? Sometimes I need the homies around. Shit. Really, I just need a computer, a blunt. An FL studio. And I can make a beat. Just like that? Yeah, really. Just like that.
So you get the, the 10,000 that you deleted. Is there ever a time where you're like, you regret doing that? Not, yeah. Hell yeah. Because I feel like I could go back to some of that shit right now and make it harder. And then some of the shit that got deleted, I'll be hot. Because I'll be like, damn, I can't go back to none of that shit. Even though I got, I'll be having some of the MP3s, but I can't go back to the projects. So it'd be worthless. Is a beat ever finished to you? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'll be like, fuck this. Go to the next one. I don't never, like... I, I feel like... I'll be getting irritated to listen to the same sound back to back to back to back. So I'll be like, go to the next one. You feel me? So that's how I am. I'll be feeling like if the beat got a bunch of sounds, it's too too much. So you just got to have the right sounds that it's finished. So for someone who's not from here, who would you say, like if you had to be like, yo, this is what the L.A. sound is, who should they listen to to get a perspective. Shoreline, One Take, J. Fucking Roddy Ridge, Blueface. Uh, Draco. O3 Greedo. Stink Team. That's LA. Right there. And you worked with all of them? Yeah. What was it like working with, with Draco? Shit, that shit crazy. That nigga be... He a weird individual. I'm not gonna lie. He a weird individual. <laughs> he uh he he he'll be quiet. Then he'll get off his lean, do his you know do his thing, and then all of a sudden he just an energized person. I just be like, what the fuck? Like how? You off lean, all type of shit, but you be energized. And then he'll do like a couple of songs and then fall asleep. What about Greedo? What's that experience? Greedo, yeah, that's another weird individual. He like an alien. <laughs> For real. He have, man, nothing had me in the studio from, I say, like three in the afternoon to about 10 in the morning. And them whole times we recording, nonstop. And I need made a cool about twenty songs that day. And after that, I was like, "This nigga is crazy. Like, who just sit there and do a bunch of songs, freestyle a bunch of songs, back to back, like it ain't no day tomorrow." That's how he was really recording. Like, he knew, I feel like he knew what the fuck was going on, and, like, already, like, he knew, like, probably he ain't gonna come home, you feel me? So he was like, fuck it, I'm gonna record all these songs, like, as, as many songs as I can. So that's what the fuck he was doing, and I was just helping him. So it was, like, a cool experience, just me, you feel me, doing that. That got me a whole nother, whole nother grind, you feel me? I got a whole nother grind fucking with that nigga. Is there ever a time where someone spits something on one of your beats and you're like, nah, that's not it? Yeah, a couple of times. So how, how do you how do you roll? Walk me through that. I just get a beat to somebody else. That's it? Yeah. If I don't like it, I'm going to give it to somebody else. If they ain't pay for it, for sure I'm going to give it to somebody else. But if they pay for it, then it's like, damn. 
Sometimes you just gotta take that L. <laughs> yeah, for real, just gotta take that L sometimes. Um, do me a favor. How old is? Twenty one. No, twenty two. My bad. Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. About to be twenty three. I'm tripping. How long you been a producer? Since I was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So, you worked all this way to get here. Now what? Now, now you said you want to, you know, be a mogul. But do you know like the steps you have to take to get to there? No. I'm just going with the flow. To be honest, I don't know nothing I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just doing this shit like this shit. Sometimes I just like a big headache, but then you get over it, you be like, fuck it, just do it. Is there times where you want to step away? Like you need to kind of recalibrate, be away from, from all this? Hell yeah, a couple of times I be, I be want to step away a lot of times, but it, I don't know. I got family, you feel me? Got homies depending on me. Can't step away. Got to keep going. You see yourself as the foundation of the sound? Uh, yeah. Kind of. It's like we are the foundation, though. But it's like... Me starting... Me and my cousin starting a whole different sound out of my mom's house. Then coming from my mom's house to a studio. It's like... You feel me? It's different. So I be trying to... Just keep going with this shit. And what's your what's your mom's take on all on all your? My mom love it. She the voice of my tag. so she's the run run do that shit. She the one that say run run do that shit, and she loves everything I'm doing. Love it. Call me every day. What you doing? Just be like I'm proud of you every day, and I just be you feel me like gotta keep going. Do you ever think about, like, if you weren't producing, what you'd be doing? Yep. Every day I'd be like, well, if I wasn't producing, what would I be doing? And I'd probably fucking be, I don't know, I probably, I think I'd be gangbanging or fucking tagging. I don't know, doing something, something crazy. Unproductive, <laughs> for real. Besides rap, is there any other genre? Yeah. Besides rap, I want to do pop, fucking techno music, everything. I want to try country. Every every genre I want to try, really. I don't want to just stick to rap. Did, did you ever make a country beat? Nope. Never. Never even tried. Want to try one, though. So, yeah, I just wanted to keep going and trying different shit. I don't want to just stick to one one genre. So right now at 23, how would you sum up your career? Like if you had to put it in a few words. Mm, right now my career is like going to a a big stepping stone where you you I'm at, I'm at the Mainstream, about to be mainstream producer, but still underground producer type level. You feel me? 
So it's like you just gotta I just gotta step get that one step, you feel me? And then that's it. Once I get that big step, then I'm the mainstream producer and then I could charge twenty bands, thirty bands for a beat and just be eating off making beats. Do you feel you know, sometimes people want success and then they get it and they regret it? Yeah, kinda because I feel like that's with a lot of people, like I even see I'll be seeing like the industry and you feel me, like once you get in it, you be like, this shit not what I thought it was, you feel me? Be like, this not what I thought it was going to be. And then you be like, fuck it, I'm going to stop doing music. That's how a lot of people stop doing music. But like I said, I was never in it for the money. It was always just something I like to do. So I'm going to keep forever doing music. It's not like I'm never going to stop. Are you taking steps to kind of protect yourself, insulate yourself from that? Yeah, I am. I got lawyers, all types of shit. Feel me? So it's just how yo, you gotta read too. So the main thing about this fucking whole industry shit, just reading. That's what they fuck you over. Right? If you wasn't reading, fuck. Just read. What, what advice would you give fourteen year old Ron Ron? Fourteen <sighs> year old Ron Ron. That nigga, I probably would have had a job at 14 and started early, you feel me? Had the job early, got the studio earlier, and just everything would have been an earlier stage if I would have knew, you feel me, what I knew now. That's what I feel. Cool. Is there anything else you want to... Really? Just shout out everybody that I fuck with, Hip Mob, you feel me? All my niggas, you feel me? And... Feel me, I'm about to be the next big thing. <laughs> That's it. This episode of The Making of Shoreline Mafia is hosted and produced by me, Jonathan Mena. Executive produced by TK Kimbrough. Music by Sayer. Thank you to Road Microphones for the equipment. We appreciate the support. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate. And let us know in the comments section what you thought about the episode. This has been a Made by Mena and R. Baron production. <laughs>